to me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and it is about 1.30 in the morning on Tuesday, about, oh, I don't know, two hours after the Giants suffered one of the worst losses you could possibly have in a game that you th- a lot of people expect you to lose. And a lot of it doesn't have to do with the football. It's the way the game ended. Such a brutal ending, a gut punch of a finish. 23-16, your final. The Cowboys are 2-1. The Giants are 2-1. But the way this thing went down on the last offensive play of the night for the Giants certainly symbolizes the frustration of this team and the emotional impact this loss is going to have moving forward. Daniel Jones intercepted when David Sills slips coming out of his break. Trayvon Diggs makes a diving interception that was held up on replay. And then the part that no one realized, it was the oh-no moment. Sterling Shepard grabbing and wincing in pain, grabbing at his left knee, a serious injury for the longest tenured giant. Suddenly it went from anger and frustration with the way the game had apparently ended with the interception to now here was Shepard nine months ago, right around 10 months ago, Sterling Shepard tears his Achilles on this field, and now it looks like his season is going to be over. Potentially serious and devastating knee injury. And Saquon Barkley said it best after the game. Just an emotional Barkley at his locker. And anyone who listened to this podcast two weeks ago, which Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley knows how much Sterling Shepard means to Saquon Barkley and vice versa. Having to watch Shepard be picked up off the turf, helped onto a cart, Barkley could be seen almost chasing after the cart, wanting to say something to help his friend, give him some, some semblance of solace, and that did not happen. So there was a scene outside the locker room as we were waiting to go in. Sterling Shepard carried into the locker room after going into the x-ray room. He'll go for more tests tomorrow, but the feeling leaving here at MetLife Stadium is that this is not a good situation for Shepard. It's a knee injury, whether it's an ACL or patellar tendon, Look very similar to what happened to Victor Cruz back in 2014, uh, having been there for that. But this one was weird. Shepard was running 
by himself and really had slowed to a jog. So it wasn't even a push-off or anything like that. And then just all of a sudden grabs at his knee and now the Giants will have to deal with not having one of their emotional leaders and one of the constants on an offense that really the big story tonight is the fact that Daniel Jones stepped up in a big way against this defense. A defense in the Cowboys that shut down Tom Brady in week one, Joe Burrow in week two, and now came after Daniel Jones in every which way. And Jones hung in there. This is probably the gutsiest performance I've seen from a quarterback with the Giants since Eli Manning in 2011-12 in the NFC Championship game. Now, Eli took a beating that day. Obviously, the stakes were much, much higher than week three on Monday Night Football. But what Jones was able to show this team tonight, and to a man from David Sills, who slipped on the final throw, to Kenny Galladay, whose egregious drop on a third and 13, it would have still been in Giants territory. It would not have been a first down. But Galladay makes that catch. The Giants have a fourth and short, and Brian Dable goes for it. Maybe they have a little bit of momentum. Galladay drops that pass. The Giants are forced to punt on fourth and long, and that's essentially the ball game. It set up that final drive, but it was really a last-ditch effort for the Giants in that situation. Sterling Shepard also had, had, had a drop, although on replay it certainly looked like he made the catch and then fumbled. So either way, it would have been a rough spot letting Jones down. Walking throughout the locker room, it was pretty clear to me that someone, somewhere, whether it was Brian Dable, whether it was Mike Kafka, whether it was the players themselves on offense, they all know that they wasted a performance for Daniel Jones tonight. And you could assess this performance by Jones without thinking that he should be the quarterback in 2023 for the Giants. We all know the situation. We all know the circumstances. Jones is in his final year. The odds are against him coming back and being the quarterback of the Giants next season. But the reality is you're talking about a player tonight who was gutsy, who was aggressive, who made throws. How about that throw up the sideline to Richie James? I mean, that throw was very similar to a throw Josh Allen made on Sunday. Yes, I know Josh Allen lost the game. No, I'm not comparing Daniel Jones to Josh Allen. But to see the Twitter feed on my screen, just Daniel Jones getting hit within two seconds and people complaining about Daniel Jones' inability to go through his progressions and make his reads downfield. Who are we kidding here? Everyone wants to be super Joe analyst and assess everything by watching a TV copy or being in the stands. This is not me defending Daniel Jones. This is me assessing for it for what it is. It's amazing to think that people can't look at this, take the emotion out of it, and look at it as for what it is. As David Sills said, eight played his ass off. 
Daniel Jones was great tonight. Great in terms of giving the Giants what they needed to have a chance to win this game. Not great in terms of comparing his performance to Tua Tungvaluwa over the weekend or two weeks ago when Tua went nuts with Lamar. No, we're not talking statistics. This was a performance beyond the statistics. And between the Giants' offensive line having its problems against a very good Dallas front, Dorrance Armstrong, Demarcus Lawrence with three sacks, really schooling Evan Neal tonight. And that's going to happen. Three games into his rookie year, Evan Neal had a bad one tonight. He's got to get better. He was defeated after the game. You could see it, sitting in his chair, slumped at his locker. John Feliciano said it's the offensive line's responsibility to pick Evan Neal up off of this because he's a guy that takes things hard. And before you're ready to call Evan Neal a bust, just remember where Andrew Thomas was two years ago, three games in. So overall, this game, when I made my prediction, I had Cowboys by a touchdown. They end up winning 23-16. Saquon Barkley took an opportunity, had the 36-yard touchdown run. That was the spark that this team needed. This offense still is struggling to put up points, and a lot of that has to do with the wide receivers not being able to generate plays downfield. And boy, did Jones make things happen with his legs. 79 yards rushing, uh, and you can tell that he was running with a purpose. Yes, he was being chased all over the field, but he knew where he was going to be able to take his opportunities. And this defense certainly missed Leonard Williams. There's no question about that in the run game. I still don't know what the Cowboys are doing playing Ezekiel Elliott rather than Tony Pollard. If I'm a defensive coordinator and Ezekiel Elliott's on the field, I exhale. If Tony Pollard steps on the field, I kind of suck my breath in a little bit, knowing that he makes one cut and he's gone. Got to give Cooper Rush credit. He made throws when he needed to make throws. That touchdown to C.D. Lamb with the Dory Jackson in coverage, one-handed with his left hand, getting both feet down on the side of the end zone, spectacular. At that point, you're the Giants' defense. You tip your cap. Everyone wants to know why they didn't get enough pressure on Cooper Rush. Well, Aziz Ojolari had a lot of pressure in the first half, drew two holding penalties. Kayvon Thibodeau was working through his first game as a rookie. I think those two guys are only going to get better with this defense. And you're sitting here at 2-1. and one. The Giants would have signed for that. I think the atmosphere was spectacular tonight. I thought the whiteout was a success. The fans were great. The Cowboys had a lot of problems, especially in the first half, down deep in the end zone when they were in a goal-to-go situation. Credit to this stadium and these fans who really rose to the occasion. And the bottom line is this. The Giants are sitting here now at 2-1. and one. Yes, on a short week. Yes, having to deal with not having Sterling Shepard likely for the rest of the season. But they have the Chicago Bears coming in here. They should be able to put some pressure on Justin Fields. That's a winnable game. 
if they can take a three and one record to London against the Green Bay Packers, the Giants will feel very good about themselves. At least they should. And I think they'll have a chance to beat the Bears here on Sunday. But right now, to me, the scene after the game, it'll be interesting to see how Brian Dable gets this team back up to play Chicago on Sunday. Because they were spent tonight, you can tell. And had this game just ended with the interception the way it did, Sill slipping, Diggs making a nice play, I think the Giants would have been able to wake up tomorrow morning and say, you know what, let's go back to work. But that injury, having to deal with that injury when they had to deal with that injury to Sterling Shepard is going to have that emotional toll. Saquon Barkley said leaving this building tonight, it was going to be weighing on him. So I think Barkley is going to need to respond. I think you're going to see that transition this week at some point that Barkley is then now going to play for his friend. He's going to play for himself, but also play for Shep. It wouldn't surprise me at all to hear that from him later this week. But overall, an entertaining game. Not necessarily the cleanest game in the world. It was better than the Sunday night football game, I tell you that much. But that really didn't set the bar between the 49ers and the Broncos. But my biggest takeaway out of here is that this Giants team is fighting in these games. They were outmanned up front on both sides of the ball. Yes, the Cowboys are not as good as they were as an offensive line. They're pretty good, but when you could run the football the way they ran the football and take advantage of Leonard Williams not being out there for the Giants, I think it's one of those things where you look at it and you say, that's why the Giants weren't able to get as much pressure on Cooper Rush as they would have liked. So that'll wrap it up here from MetLife. 23-16, Giants are knocked from the ranks of the unbeaten. There are two teams left without a loss, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins. And surely one team the Dolphins from 1972 are rooting for rests in South Beach. The other one in Philly, well, they've looked about as impressive as any team in the league so far this year through three weeks. So we'll be back later this week. Appreciate you being all in. And as always, we are all in and we are out. For Monday Night Football, final score, the Cowboys 23, the Giants 16. Good night, everybody.